What's good, everybody? We're back. This is X, reading from We Exist. We are now on Chapter 1 of Cycles and Stages. Let's begin. Of Cycles and Stages. All motion is cyclical. It circulates to the limits of its possibilities, and then returns to its starting point. Robert Collier. Although our existence is far more complex than the information I'm about to provide, the basics are quite simple. If we were to map out and graph our entire existence, or at least as far back as we can go, we'd see that it, in general, is nothing more than a, co a collection of cycles and stages expanding upon one another throughout eternity. This also includes the creative process, which I discuss later in this chapter. And although everything in our existence, this universe, can be reduced down to a single cycle, i.e. the word, the easiest way to explain their significance, that is, of cycles and stages, is to start with the microcosm, everything individually, then slowly expand out to the macrocosm, the whole. And if that's the case, then perhaps the best cycle to start with, or the best, ex wow, and if that's the case, then perhaps the best examples to start with, I did that twice. I've already recorded this once, by the way. I didn't like it, so I did it again. Um, okay, and if that's the case, then perhaps the best examples to start with are the cycles held within our concept of time, i.e. seconds, minutes, hours, etc., all of which play significant roles in our lives. One second. The sands of time. As stated above, some of the more evident cycles within the mic microcosmic word reside within the concept of time. For instance, think about what happens every 60 seconds, or every 60 minutes, or perhaps every 24 hours. With every tick of the clock, cycles are being created. And as those cycles combine, they create stages, which in turn create additional sometimes more elaborate, cycles. Thus, within a single day on planet Earth, we encounter at least four to five different cycles and stages, or more, each of which happens regardless if we get out of bed in the morning. The fact of the matter is that almost everything in existence is currently in some form of cycle or stage, mainly because all cycles in some fashion or other have a beginning and an end, or put another way, each has an alpha point and an omega point. Of course, these points are sometimes blurred, especially cycles based on time, seconds, minutes, hours, etc., mainly because the omega point of one cycle is usually the alpha point of the next. To break it down a little further, the main cycle we encounter is the second. It then takes 61 second cycles to create the next stage, the minute. Now, here's where things get slightly more elaborate. Before the next stage is created, 61 minute cycles, um, 61 minute cycles are required. However, in order for this to happen, 360 one second cycles are also needed. This, of course, happens simultaneously with every 60 seconds creating a minute, and every 60 minutes creating the next stage, the hour. 
As this continues, each stage or cycle works in harmony, starting at seconds, building up to minutes, then hours, days, eventually creating new cycles and stages such as weeks, months, years, decades, centuries, millennia, and so on. This, of course, all has to do with the rotation of the Earth, first of its own accord, days, then with the orbit of the moon, months, and finally our voyage around the sun, years. However, depending on your understanding or belief of the cycles of our solar system, there is also one other rotation that plays a key role, not only in our existence, but also in our evolution. This cycle is called the Great Year and requires roughly 24 to 26,000 years to complete as well as a secondary star to orbit. And although there are probably numerous other cycles that are attributed to time when considering the microcosm, I find it unnecessary to look beyond the century mark as it is rare to find anyone living beyond the age of 100 at least at the writing of this book. Congratulations, you're human. With that in mind, perhaps the next best example of cycles and stages in the microcosmic arena is our lives. For the most part, our lives are quite similar to that of time. And although some of our cycles are based upon rigorous time schedules, like going to work or our birthdays, other cycles are a little more loose, like showering or the relationships and or the beginning and ending of relationships of course the first real cycle that begins our cycle of life happens roughly nine months before we are even born without getting too personal the act of sex is a cycle in and of itself in fact if one were to really examine this act of quote-unquote lovemaking one could surmise that there are several cycles that happen before, during, and after sex, creating new and sometimes wonderful sets of cycles and stages, both within the act itself and within the people participating. This is because cycles and stages don't necessarily have to be physical, they can also exist on the mental plane, or emo mental and emotional plane, which is also why the act of sex can bring people closer together or unfortunately tear them apart. Another way that sex brings people together or rips them apart is the conception of a child. And although not every child is brought to term, the roughly nine months that a mother carries a child is definitely considered a cycle, one that upon its omega point, birth, shifts into one of the greatest stages and sets of new cycles and stages that can ever happen on this planet, human life. And although most people take it for granted, including myself, our cycle of life on this planet is pretty much one of a kind. Only on very rare occasions is it ever the case that two or more people live parallel lives, where each action or perhaps cycles that each individual experiences are exactly the same as the other. For the most part, we also, we, all of us on planet Earth, including animals, trees, air, molecules, etc., are having our own unique, unmatched experience. This experience includes many different, very 
individualistic. Um, individualized cycles and stages culminating in millions if not billions of alpha and omega points. Of course, because everyone's lives are different, the majority of cycles that make them special are also unique. Therefore, to really examine a life cycle, at least for this book, it may be easier to focus on generalizations instead of specifics. For this example, instead of following the life of any one individual, Let's look at some of the cycles that happen from birth, i.e. alpha point, to death, i.e. omega point. Of course, the most evident of cycles is that of our entire lifespan, from birth to death. To me, one of the most interesting things about our lives, at least when it comes to cycles and stages, is that we actually have no physical or mental recollection of our actual births. Sure, we have photos of people holding us, but it is very rare to find someone who can actually remember their birthing experience. I've also never been able to discuss death with anyone that has gone through their own omega point. Therefore, I can only assume that we may never fully experience our own death. At least not in the form we take on this planet. The body. And if that's the case, then... Then... Oh, and if that's the case, perhaps life functions more like a dream state than anything else, where you aren't aware of how you got there and rarely question what happens when you leave. In fact, one of the most intriguing thoughts I had while growing up was whether or not life was just one long drawn-out dream, mainly because my life has always felt more like an illusion than a reality. But perhaps that's just me. The Five Stages of Life Furthermore, through cycles usually gauged or measured by time, we separate our lives into several different phases or periods, stages basically. And although several websites as well as authors argue on a number of phases a being will go through, from birth to death, ranging anywhere from 7 to 12, my list is slightly more askew. To me, the phases of life follow a similar suit to that of soul ages. However, these phases or stages of life can also fire at different times, both on mental and physical planes, meaning that while our bodies may be middle-aged, our minds could still be very young at heart, usually creating the stigma of being immature. This, of course, falls into the more advanced category of cycles and stages, and is therefore beyond the scope of this book. Perhaps another time. As for my, fav uh, my five main stages of life, they are as followed. Infant, baby, young, mature, and old. However, these five stages also encompass other sub-stages, some of which you've definitely heard of. Within the infant and baby stages, we find ourselves completing the toddler, preschooler, and grade schooler cycle, up to the age of 10. Within the young stage, you'll find most tweens, teenagers, and young adults up to the age of 21. The mature stage covers our early adulthood up to the age, um, up to or just hitting middle age, up to ages 45 to 50. And finally, the old stage encompasses everything else, including late adulthood, senior living, and death, as long as one makes it that far. Of course, these cycles never repeat once completed, however, they are stages that the majority of us go through 
during our entire life cycle. Again, if we are able to live that long. Also, something you'll soon come to learn is that even within the microcosm, there are different levels of cycles and stages. For instance, between the stages of preschooler and grade school, schooler, for the most part, we all we lose all of our baby teeth. This, of course, is the omega point for our baby teeth cycle. However, it is also the alpha point for some of our adult teeth to take root. Unfortunately, from the moment our adult teeth cycle or stage begins, we run the risk of decay. Therefore, some of our adult teeth may actually rot or fall out, thus hitting their own omega points. However, of all the cycles or stages in our lives, our, ad our adult teeth cycle is one that we can actually prolong, usually up till the day we pass. That is, as long as we are willing to put in the work to keep them healthy. For the most part, <laughs> for the most part though, it is common for people to start losing their teeth at the age of 20, which also includes wisdom teeth. As for those who've had the misfortune of losing all their adult teeth, a new cycle and stage begins for them. This, of course, is the cycle of dentures. If one chooses, oh, sorry, the cycle of dentures, if one chooses. And just so I cover everything, there's also an additional stage of teeth growing that happens right at the beginning of our birth, the pre-teething cycle. It is during this stage that baby teeth are just starting to form, ready to hit their omega point, therefore allowing the baby teeth cycle to begin. Of course, the above is just one of many cycles to choose from. In fact, from the moment we are born to the moment we die, we as individuals complete millions upon millions of cycles and stages, some of which we do every day, shower, while others we do once a year, birthdays, or even once in a lifetime, like being a virgin. And those are just the cycles we are aware of. Within our bodies, we have several organs that go through numerous cycles every time we eat or drink. Heck, even the operation of breathing requires several cycles, all culminating together to create one simple yet glorious breath. However, what I find most amazing is that all of these cycles and stages work in harmony, at least for the most part, and usually behind the scenes, to create one of the greatest cycles ever, possibly in all of creation. The, the life, I'm just going to say it, the cycle of life. All so a single human being can experience life on this planet. One out of seven billion at the time of this writing. Seasons in the sun. Now, as we make our, our, our way up from the microcosm to the macrocosm, actually one second. Just texting uh, Casey. I'm picking him up from the airport.
<sighs> now, okay, seasons in the sun. Now, as we make our way up from the microcosm to the macrocosm, or at least to the beginning of our universe, let's step outside of our bodies and look at some of the cycles our planet goes through. Of course, there are three cycles that are most prevalent. Of course, there are three cycles that are most prevalent. A full rotational spin on its axis, day, the cycle of the moon, month, and our planet's voyage around the sun. However, there's another cycle or collection of cycles and stages that also plays a prominent role in our existence, and that's the cycle of our four seasons. And although I'm sure you can name all four of them, spring, summer, fall, and winter, you're probably wondering what, if anything, these seasons have to do with our existence. Like most things in our existence, the answer to the question, the answer to the question, wait, hold on. Like most things in our existence, the answer to the above question is both simple and complex. Let's begin. My apologies, Casey was just hitting me up with a bunch of texts and whatnot. A more spiritual look at the seasons. For my first example, using a 24-hour clock, I hope to show you how the four seasons correlate with our day and night cycle. For most places, zero to sunrise is not only the darkest time of night, but also the coldest, which lines up to the characteristics we give to our winter months. Once the sun rises, however, not only does the darkness dissipate, but our planet also becomes warmer. Therefore, it is from sunrise till roughly midday that we enter the equivalency of spring. From midday till early evening, when our sun is at its peak, brightest and hottest, we enter the summer stage. And finally, finishing off the clock. From early evening, including sunset, till just before midnight, the sun, in, um, when the sun is setting and the temperature is cooling, we enter, we finally enter fall. Uh, of course, after this comes early morning, again, winter, where the cycles repeat for another 24 hour period. The four seasons also have a spiritual connection to our existence. It is believed, at least in some spiritual sects, i.e. New Age and astrology, that almost everything in our universe is made up of four or five elements the main four elements being fire, water, earth, and air, the other being plasma. But how do the four elements relate to the cycle of our four seasons? In this example, it's not so much the cycles that are important, but more so the stages they connect with. To start with, the element of fire shares similar characteristics to that of summer, the key characteristic, of course, being an overabundance of heat. Now, since the opposite of fire is water, it would only be logical to assume, because we live in a realm of duality, that water would align with the opposite of summer. 
winter. Following similar guidelines, let's look at how air and earth, as well as spring and fall, not only correlate with one another, but also fall on opposite ends of each other based on dualistic principles. To start with, spring is associated with new life, a stage where everything begins to grow again. Said growth is then encouraged to flourish through the summer seasons as long as it's not too dry, and eventually becomes ready for harvest in the fall. Of course, this is only for certain foods. However, most vegetation on our planet, be it food or leaves on a tree, etc., both begin to grow in it in the spring and then enter their inevitable dying process in the fall before winter strikes and kills everything. Of course, that oh, sorry, on that note, before moving into the dualistic comparison of spring and fall, air and earth, Something I find interesting is how easily the four seasons and elements correlate with what that of the life cycle of the human body, weathered throughout the ages. Think about it. In the beginning stages of life, most children, teenagers, have a spring in their step. Then, as they get a little older, a fire grows within, basically forcing them to explore the somewhat scary adult world. Then... As the body eases past midlife and into the old into old age, it tends to fall a little more often than usual. Unfortunately, there's no happy ending for the body. Instead of all these stages culminating into one final stage where the body begins to uh, instead, all of these stages culminate into one final stage where the body begins to fail and eventually dies, which is basically what happens to most crops during the winter. <clears throat> and although it's hard to say goodbye to our loved ones, there's a positive side to all of this. When looking at existence from an objective point of view, we soon notice that the end beginning of the four seasons, winter turning into spring, is quite similar to the end beginning of the life cycle. However, instead of the recently deceased returning as a newborn immediately after death, a new soul is birthed onto this planet for others to love. Of course, the life cycle happens continuously throughout existence, and thus, on our planet is, and thus, death on our planet is nothing more than a pit stop for any and all spirits. Of course, where said spirits end up depends entirely on their previously experiences on this planet. Do they go back to the machine in the sky? or to a holding area waiting to return to Earth to complete any unfinished karma. Overall, though, no matter the stage, um, life is on constant repeat throughout existence, be it on our planet, the universe, multiverse, or all of creation. Duality. Spring, air, versus fall, Earth. Now, for the dualistic nature of spring and air and fallen earth, the first and probably most evident difference is that of color. For the most part, our planet explodes with color during the spring months, usually matching the colors of mid to high level chakras. However, all fall um, however, as fall descends upon the same area, the colors shift from vibrant to those matching tones and or hues of earth browns, red, yellows, and orange, 
the mid to lower levels, uh, lower level chakras. This also correlates to the life cycle of the body, specifically our hair going from lush to thin or bald and from colorful to white, especially when we hit cert a certain age. Uh, sorry. Um, especially when we hit a certain stage in life, mid to old age. Apologies, I'm not trying to rush this. I am simply um, just letting my mind wander sometimes, and it's distracting. And so I fumble on some words. So I'll just uh, I'll rope it in. Another case of duality lies within the dense uh, density of our two remaining elements, air and earth. Now, of the two which seem lighter. Although most already know this answer, thank you science, for those that are unsure, the answer is practically right outside your window. For the most part, when looking outside, there is a distinct separation between the two elements, with sky, air, resting above the land, earth, which, at least for this example, also includes all bodies of water. Therefore, the most logical answer to observation is that air, a gas, is lighter than earth, a solid. If that's the case, then what about the words fall and spring? How do they line up against their counterparts? To me, the first distinction, distinction that comes to mind is that of motion. Think about it. Think about it. Hold on. Not only do the words spring and fall act as fall act as nouns, but they also act as verbs. For instance, the word fall as a verb describes the action of something heading in a downward direction. To me, downward motion usually gives off the feeling of heaviness, basically because the object falling is denser than the surround than that surrounding it, an anchor in water, an apple in air, etc. By contrast, the word spring just by thought and feeling alone feels much lighter than fall. In fact, when looking at the four seasons, I find it interesting that their names not only correspond with some of the weight, some form of weight, but also cycles and stages from lightest to densest, spring, summer, fall, winter. Unfortunately, most people only see these examples as mere coincidences, failing to see the connections hidden within. For it is within these hidden connections that the answers to who we are, where we are from, and why we, um, why we are here and where we go when we die are held, which is why it's important to explore everything around us and within us, including how the cycles of seasons correlates to the human body and to the birth of our universe. You're hot and you're cold. One thing I have yet to touch on which is important to the next section of this chapter, is the cooling cycle of the human body. You see, not only does the cycle of the seasons share similar qualities to the cooling cycle of our bodies, but both share similar qualities to that of the Big Bang. Theory, not TV show. Of course, the seasons, of the, and, the seasons and the body happen on a much more micro level compared to that of the Big Bang which happens on the more macro side of the scale. In the end, though, everything is relevant, right? And I really think that's supposed to be relative. Everything is relative, right? 
and although I do touch on it briefly above, when discussing how the element of fire relates to summer, I've, hold on, I'm going to do something here. Uh, highlight this. Um, and although I do touch on it briefly above, when discussing how the element of fire relates to summer, I've yet to discuss, I've yet to really discuss the difference, um, the different stages of heat when it comes to the cycle of seasons, as well as the purpose of their existence, a new appreciation. Overall, though, I feel like we take the four seasons for granted. In fact, it seems like most people would rather complain about the weather than show their appreciation for it. And I'm no better. I can recall countless times when I've cursed out the rain. I can remember praying for the cold air of winter during an unbearable summer heat wave. Then praying for the opposite when the winter days get too cold. And although we've all shared some amazing days weather-wise, it always seems like the extreme days bring out the worst in us. And it's no different with our bodies. Think about it. Rarely do we pay attention to our bodies when they are running smoothly. However, when they hit an extreme, either too hot or too cold, or sick or injured, we tend to notice, and usually complain. Unfortunately, complaining at least at this present moment in time is simply a part of human behavior. If you think about it, who usually gets the grease? The squeaky wheel or the one that runs properly? Usually the squeaky wheel, right? Fortunately, through my recent journey, I've grown a new appreciation for the four seasons, one complete cycle, as well as my body, especially when it hits extremes. It's hard not to, mainly because I've hit, I've been hit in the face every single day for the last nine months with a fire hydrant full of information. Thankfully, though, it's made me realize the reason we lack appreciation for cycles in general is because we've never actually been taught to appreciate them in the first place. Think about it. Can you recall a day of middle, of middle school, elementary or high, where the significance of cycles was the main focus? Where teachers discussed the cycles of the body or of our bodies, the, uh, sorry, the cycles of the seasons or of our bodies and much more. Instead, Sorry, I'm getting close to the end of what I'm supposed to read, so I'm getting excited, and that's not good for me, because I just want to rush through this. Um, for the most part, we've never been taught about their true purpose, and, oh, um, where teachers, sorry, let's go back there, think about it. Can you recall a day of school, elementary, middle, or high, where the significance of cycles was the main focus, where teachers discussed the cycles of the seasons or of our bodies and much more? instead of just the causes and operations of and for them. For the most part, we've never been taught about their true purpose, and we've never been shown that the four seasons are also a reflection of our body's cooling system. If we were, I'm sure we'd either currently have or quickly gain the same appreciation for spring, summer, fall, and winter, as well as for the body as I recently have. But we haven't, so hopefully I can shed some light on why the cycles of the four seasons is so vastly important to our existence, both to the planet 
and to our bodies. And that's where I'll leave you today. That's part one of, of Cycles and Stages. I'm going to go pick Casey up from the airport and go see him because it's been six days. And I hope that you enjoy your time. Uh, or I hope you enjoyed listening to this. And I hope that you have a great day. And we will connect again on the next one. Which starts up with a section called The Day After Tomorrow. Or Mad Max. Peace.